Was this the shot that he did, maybe? Yeah. He made a cocktail. He did Let's two cocktails. Back. He did two cocktails. Uh-huh. He did the one that Marcus made, which he didn't do the ingredients at all. The, Marcus is like a pinch of like eight different things, including like cinnamon. But wait, are we recording? One of them go ropes, Nana told me if I pass, I get a sheepskin coat. If I can move a few packs, I get the hat. Now that'd be dope. Tossed and turned in my sleep that night. Woke up the next morning, niggas just stole my bike. Different day, same shit, ain't nothing good in the hood. I run away from this bitch and never come back. If it's I'm tasting better the more I drink out of it. That's, uh, that's how booze work. The Campari just always hits you like, ugh. I'm always like, ugh, Campari, and then I'm like, mmm, Campari. <laughs> I... There's so much to get into that Campari. Because after, after listening to the Burn the Well... Yeah. And Jake talking mad, terrible shit about Campari. Just like how much he didn't like Campari, and if he tastes it, he doesn't want to drink it. And then two things happened. One, the reason we have it in this house is because Jake said, hey, Chris, can you buy some Campari? And I said, sure. And then the other thing was, too, he just, because he was going to use it for whatever cocktail he made, which he did. And uh, anyway, I like Campari. Hi, and welcome to the Heart of Brunch <laughs> Podcast. I'm your host, Dyke Michaels. With me is sometimes my co-host, Chris King. What a piece of shit. Hello. Welcome back, Chris King. Okay, two episodes. Sometimes we have to do other things. You know, someday you're going to have to do something. This is going to be me and Racist Zach, and then you'll then we'll see who's laughing. Our, co- our uh, producer, Racist Zach, how you doing? <laughs> hey there. I thought he wasn't racist anymore. I thought uh, we decided it? that. We're thought... working on it. It's a steady back and forth kind of thing. Is this yeah. an incel? Is that what we just talked about? Yeah, men's right accident. That's, that's right. That's that's right. right yeah. Not so much against women, but definitely just really pro-men. Yeah. He's that's like, right. he's like maybe we could change these alimony laws. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he's really, he's really kind of like, doesn't, he's, he's you know, both feet in the water at this point. Yeah. Uh, very special guest uh, in-house with us, Chef Andrew Whitmore. How you doing? I am great. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Uh, we like to start. Everyone, are you nice and full? I am. Nice I'm and sleepy, ready for I'm a nap? I'm stuffed. have plenty of booze in me. It, re- it really is. We really do put people through the paces here because I, I, I feel like I really tried to make sure that Andrew had enough booze this time. I, I kept seeing his glass. I'm like, I'll put more, put more. So he had quite a bit of booze. And then also just so much food down his gullet. <laughs> and then asked, like, hey, now speak about things, sound intelligent, and get recorded for the rest of your life. Do exactly. it. Go. Well, it's uh, really embarrassing because I just got a notification on my phone saying it's time to work out. So <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got your steps in today. <laughs> like your phone knows what you're doing. Like, I know what you're doing right now. So real quick, uh, just like a real quick rundown. We Sometimes we get in the weeds with, like, interviewing people, like, it turns into like a job interview, and it's like, where else have you worked? Uh-huh. What did you do there? Okay. You know, don't who but, don't you usually? Do, it's usually you, though, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> the royal we. Um, but let's just say you started off as executive chef at Thunderbird, correct? And then you moved to Chicago. Yeah, past about five years, I've been in Chicago and Vegas. Um, yeah, I've been cooking for a while. I graduated culinary school in two thousand five. Um, but when I moved to Chicago, there was an idea of going into a kitchen, mm-hmm. but the place I went to didn't have a kitchen position yet, so they actually asked me to work front of house. Uh, and so I've actually enjoyed doing that for the last five years, but looking to, I'm now getting back into cooking. Money's a lot better. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Hours and money are way better. And uh, what was the restaurant? Um, so in Chicago, I was at uh, the three Michelin starred Alinea. Um, and their sister restaurant next. Uh, and then in uh, Vegas, I was working for uh, Thomas Keller's Bouchon. Now, Alinea just got... Very impressive. They, kinda, they had a, a social media snafu recently. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, 
it was really, I mean, the whole time they've been doing like takeout and everything, which was awesome. I mean, have three Michelin star takeout. Sure. Uh, but they started doing a little, uh, actually in house dining, but they're doing a rooftop, uh, experience, which was a lot of fun. I actually got to do it a couple weeks ago, but when they first came out, they made a kind of like a starting course that looked like the COVID virus. <laughs> That sounds amazing. I didn't know anything about that. that that's yeah. people were were people upset about that? Is that the deal? Oh, very much so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, really? It, no, no, nothing no. said white privilege more than making fun of a disease that <laughs> Did it just happen to look like that or was it No, it like was it, very intentionally. No, intentionally. <laughs> but I think that that would be I, I I don't know, like if you have restaurants that are just getting kind of slaughtered by this disease, I mean, they well, I mean, not literally obviously, but I mean, they're really it's impeding the service industry for sure, but just to kind of mock your enemy to say, okay, we made a COVID sandwich. Obviously, it doesn't have COVID in it, right. but it's just like, hey, it's a, you know, Can COVID I make coronavirus on the side, please. Yeah. <laughs> just a, a coronavirus meatball. I think that would be like, oh, no, we'll play. We'll play. <laughs> yeah, I just, I think it's interesting. And it's just like, obviously, uh, everything is heightened uh, right now. I mean, there's a place. There's a local place that just opened up, and I, I'm not going to take any swings at, by naming names, but a, th- a, a weird flex that I thought was like opening up a concept, like you know, like Dick's Bodacious Barbecue, where it's like your whole concept is kind of being an asshole. Right. And there was like a new concept that opened mid quarantine, and I was just like, they're just like, cut, you know, cursing on social media, and they're, they're just kind of like sassy with everybody. It was like, it seems like a real weird time yeah. to. It seems like they had that idea for the concept. And then Armageddon happened, and they're like, well, we still got this concept. Yeah. Right. I just, I, that whole, like, I, I never really understood that whole restaurant, like, where the servers are dicks to you, and, like, I, yeah. it's not pleasurable at all. No. no. And it's definitely doesn't make any sense in this, like, current climate. No. Like, it's. I, I, I agree. I don't understand. I've applied to uh, Dick's Last Resort because, uh, <laughs> you know, as we've been talking about all day, I am a little bit of an asshole, but not, I wouldn't want to, I was like, hey, I get to yell at people and make fun of them, and then you, they give me tips. That sounds great, but I wouldn't want to be on the receiving end of that. Not like, yet. as a fat guy eating, I don't want people making fun of me and like, oh, it's, <laughs> it's cool, it's junior high all over again. Let's make a restaurant out of my junior high experience. I oh. love reliving high school. Like, <laughs> every single day. Like, oh, have another sandwich. Like, I don't know if you're asking me if I really want one, because it could be upselling, it could be making fun of me. I don't even know. So uh, yeah, I just I was just establishing that you're like a, a legit a legit chef uh, on, on our program, and uh, we usually like to start off with a game where we quiz Chris King on yeah. uh, what do you think you just ate? Oh, I'm so ready for this one today. Uh, but what are you? Do we want to talk about what your concept is before going to it, or just going? No, uh, yeah. So the concept was <laughs> to bring out courses in order. Uh, like <laughs> I wasn't going like to talk about that. Like a traditional restaurant. Uh, <laughs> Uh, no, it was a five course meal uh, that was uh, uh, cooked with myself and Chef Bridget Haran. She did a wonderful job as always, um, and we we're going to bring out. Uh, but each each course, each dish was chef inspired, and yeah. um, so I'm not having you guess the chef by any means. Okay. But if you could just yeah, your best guess on what each course was, okay, and so then I'll tell you the chef and why we picked them. Perfect. So first things first. Uh, the first thing we had is cold radish cabbage slaw. <laughs> what is cold radish cabbage slaw? Okay. That's the first thing we had. Uh, also, yeah. I don't know if the chef uh, asked the chef did this, you know, in the chef region made it, but I know that you uh, brought it out in a fist. That you uh, <laughs> you handed it. You were wearing gloves. Everything was sanitary, very very clean. Uh, but you did uh, not bring it on a plate. You actually uh, 
doled it out uh, with your fist. It's a new style. Called <laughs> yeah, plop yeah. plating. Plop plating. That's <laughs> right. Uh, and you, you you were yelling. It's, just, it's trough just like chic. It's like it's like it reminded me of like when my parents were like trying to get us fed before we went to like uh, Sunday school. Like here you go, here's your salad, get it all out. Like why don't you just, you couldn't use a spoon? So we were missing a triangle. Like <laughs> so, we, I make I'll make one nice plate for the guest and for the yeah, gram. Yeah, yeah, and the rest of these monsters can eat out of a trough for all yeah, that. That's, right. <laughs> that's how he feeds us. He just throws the food at us with his fist. Get your, get, dunk your heads in the gravy, gravy right. trough, boys. Here's the bag. <laughs> uh, okay, well, it was not an actual slaw. I'll give I'll give Andrew <laughs> a chance to steal cold cold radish slaw. Yeah, that's what it's cold radish cabbage slaw. Cabbage slaw. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I so gotta, no cabbage. I, right? I gotta I gotta say you did identify most of the ingredients. <laughs> <in that bag. laughs> Listen, I think it's important that when people are listening to this, I'm not. It's not a trick. I'm not sitting here like, how can I be wrong? I'm genuinely trying. I mean, you killed radish. <laughs> uh, do you want to say what it actually was, or before I move on? Or? Yeah. So that was um, that was a shaved celery salad uh, <clears throat> from Chef Gabrielle Hamilton. Yeah. Who she just shuttered her restaurant Prune in New York City. Oh wow! And it was a book that I gave to Bridget. The Bridget just got done reading, so she's just kind of been on top of mind recently. She also wrote this huge op-ed for like the New York Times or whatever, and it was just about kind of the bummer part of yeah. what's how this is affecting her and all of you know her entire life yeah. and shutting the restaurant and all these people reaching out and like that that sort of thing. But uh, yeah. Are we going to go through this and I'm going to say what I'm going to say and then you're going to say, here's the sad story tied to what No, I just, <laughs> I realized when I was halfway through the trip. Like, nothing like, goes like better with brunch than depression. Yeah, uh, it's just like a button hook leg. And this is the other thing you made fun of. This woman used to own a restaurant. Wait till we get it. to Anthony Bourdain. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. I mean, not, it's not funny that happened to Anthony Out of context, like, I don't know, they said Anthony Bourdain and then they all started laughing like, Ooh, don't listen to an excerpt of this show. Uh, the other one is uh, just one piece of lobster bisque. <laughs> I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. Listen, that, point, point king. That was uh, all jokes aside. That and I am a huge fan of lobster bisque. I don't know, Andrew. You, you were in Chicago. Did you ever go to the soup box? No. It's it's a it was I think it's a chain, but it was like a, what used to be is a soup box in Chicago was this place that in the winter they made soup. And in the summer, they did Italian ice, but the soup was so popular, they just kept the soup there the entire time. But they had a lobster bisque that until today was my favorite. But no jokes, all jokes aside, that was probably the best lobster bisque I've ever had. Yeah, it was awesome. Probably uh, my favorite for the day. It was so oh. good. And the single piece of lobster that we did get in there. <laughs> I think lobster, I don't know, I'm not a chef, but I would imagine lobster is probably hard to do correctly because I've had a lot of lobster that I've paid pretty pretty decent money for that was a little chewy and what the lobster you had in there was not it was great i went to a place in old vegas and i can't think of that you might know what the name of it is uh but it was a it was an italian restaurant in old vegas um and it was like you know old school like the servers wore like white tuxedos and stuff (laughs) and i had a lobster bisque there that was like life-changing and yeah so like, good. That's still like that was good, but that wasn't as good as the lobster bisque I had in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. It was good. We dropped yeah. we we dropped a couple 
couple stacks. I don't know. A couple, yeah. couple racks. Yeah, that's, couple what stacks. that's what the kids said. It was a five million dollar meal. Jesus. And uh, when I walked, they out, probably had two pieces of lobster in their lobster. <laughs> there was no, there was nothing going on when we walked in, and when I walked out, um, uh, Everclear was playing in the street. Wow. <laughs> we walked out directly into the middle of an Everclear concert. Vegas is the best place ever. <laughs> it is. It's, it's so awesome. great. Uh, the other thing we had was egg croissant with tuna fish. <laughs> Uh, also very good it was really (laughs) i don't know what it was but it was it was really really good uh all right so that this is where they started getting away from me um this was supposed to be three courses in this was supposed to be (laughs) this was supposed to be gordon Gordon ramsay's scrambled eggs with smoked salmon all right okay so not tuna fish i probably should have in hindsight Slice this the salmon thinner before smoking what? instead of smoking the whole piece. And then I feel like I didn't, I smoked it two hours and I just don't feel like I smoked it long enough. I feel like I could have, it I didn't seem it was to, sub there. The, it, wasn't. It, like it, it was like overwhelming, but yeah. I mean, I mean it wasn't like you didn't really, you didn't go, mm, that's a smoked salmon. No. Yeah. That's what it was supposed to no, be. No, it was smoked uh, tuna. Yeah. It was. <laughs> <laughs> It like it seems like somebody was maybe smoking a cigarette when they opened that tuna fish can. Gordon Ramsay's eggs. What does that mean? The Gordon Ram- that's the dish. Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> it was. Uh... Oh. <laughs> I don't. Th- I don't. Think I just was, was wondering why my sandwich was insulting me. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? What was it called? Uh, scrambled eggs with smoked salmon. Yeah. Okay. So I was pretty. Close. Gordon Ramsay. Um, called tuna fish instead of salmon. So. Yeah, and then it was just like a toasted croissant and scrambled eggs, and it was like it seemed like simple, but it really come together. Yeah. But then when I tasted it, I was just like, it was fine, but it was like this is not what I was expecting. Like when I made the dish. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you. That's the best part. I think the the double edged sword is like I don't know what I'm eating, but I wouldn't know if it's bad. It was delicious. <laughs> I had a lot of it. I mean, it's it's bad <laughs> if you're expecting tuna. I'll yeah, tell you that. no, I suppose. But I wouldn't know the difference. Uh, the other thing we had is a spoonful of dry soup. <laughs> <laughs> that was a chef chef Horan's dish. Yeah. Uh, was this? Jesus Christ. <laughs> She's, she's like she's right. If she's driving right now, she probably just got into an accident. <laughs> well, we don't listen. You know, you don't. We don't. You can't listen to this live. Uh, well, no, I mean, she does listen to it. She is psychic. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. She probably felt it. Dry uh, soup. Geez. So that was. <laughs> we're going with dry soup. Huh? I said spoonful of dry soup spoon. because we only got the one spoon. Okay, so that so it's probably confusing that in the middle of the middle of this meal that just a spoonful of food came out. <laughs> I've never had an abuse at the middle of the field. Yeah. Yeah, that was weird. It's confusing because that's supposed to be the very first thing you eat to kind of get your appetite going. You just get the one bite. So, yeah, when it comes out four dishes in, you're like, (laughs) I could eat a whole plate of food. (laughs) I was ready for a couple of This was super progressive. Like, (laughs) amuse in the middle, dessert before entree, like the whole meal itself. I haven't talked about this dessert yet, but that did come at a weird time. This is is great, though. Hold on. The entree's coming. What? (laughs) Yeah. But that's. That's the thing is we're always surprised when there's more food. It's always like, okay, I got this big thing coming. Remember that time you forgot about a rack of ribs? Remember we did that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I completely forgot. Oh, by the way, that was a, a Escoffier um, lobster bisque. So Okay. Uh, Not the spoonful of dry soup. No, the spoonful <laughs> of dry soup was actually uh, ratatouille. Um, okay. Uh, that was Robuchon who... I'm going to butcher this. Um, so he was the chef that 
changed what the ratatouille looked like for the concept for the movie. So they took oh. like the classic stew and he like did the actual plating difference for them to turn into a cartoon. So that, that's why Ratatouille in the movie looks like that is because of this chef. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And he just passed away like last year, mm-hmm. past couple of years. I mean, seriously, are they all going to be sick? Everyone's dead. Everyone's <laughs> God damn it. Uh, the other one that we had after that was the lettuce bag with that spoon soup. <laughs> lettuce bag. It, it, essentially, and in quotations, I wrote, what if I put that soup in my pocket? <laughs> Burrito soup. That was... <laughs> that was again the same ratatouille. Yeah, no, uh, I know. But she just rolled it up in the rainbow shard. Yeah, so I was I was kind of right there a little bit. But like uh, I also tried to eat it like a burrito. And she was she told me not to. Yeah, it, it, well, that's Zach told me to do that, and then she yelled at me. She's like, "Why are you picking it up with your hands?" I did't know. And why was it wrapped up in a, in a burrito? Why are you hiding it? Yeah. You can't surprise us with the soup you just fed us. It wasn't a surprise anymore. Surprise, it's the same thing again. Shocker. Uh, the also, right after that, I'm doing these in order, yeah. was the orange juice cereal pie. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so that was a uh, uh, orange... Orange upside down cake from Gaston uh, Lenore. Yeah, Lenore. It was good. We learned yeah. about. I learned that you could. <laughs> yeah, you were pretty close. Okay, yeah. I feel like there was a. <laughs> let's let's she, take some time away from the podcast. Uh, let's have some dead air so right, that can. She's read. screaming right now. <laughs> uh, I'm sure there was a story that went along with that too, and I. Didn't. Well, I we talked about the fact that she did it with the skins, and I learned that you can do that if you candy the orange skins on <laughs> her own skin. She put a lot of human skin in that pie. Listen, I'll tell you what. We the first time she was on, she talked about putting her thumb in like a, in a piece of pie or sandwich or something. So. Not her own skin, but you can do the orange skin on there if you candy it. Yes. Okay. So we had the orange skin. Uh, I was going to change the name to orange skin juice pie, but I've already, <laughs> I already had it. Uh, the, the thing we had right before the entree was Long John Silver's Hush Puppy. <laughs> My favorite Hush Puppy is the Long John Silver's Hush Puppy. Uh, and then the last thing we had was Kale Waffles with Shrimp. <laughs> I can't say it wasn't that. <laughs> I can't say it wasn't that. Um, this has been my. This is definitely I had the most fun doing the. What do you think you ate today? Uh, it was. It was the best. So that was Chef Edna Lewis, who uh, is a famous uh, African American uh, chef who is kind of known uh, about bringing a lot of this kind of Southern cooking into like the public uh, domain. And then I was looking up her recipes, and I saw the phrase breakfast shrimp. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly what we're doing. <laughs> and so it was all kind of, I mean, it was very traditional, but it was traditional in the fact that, like, she's the tradition. Like, she's one yeah. of the... And oh, what terrible thing happened to her? Uh, <laughs> that's, that's what I was waiting for. Like, and She, she, was she lived her whole bus. life being black in America. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I don't, I've been laughing. I feel like there's so many things where, like, we could just, if you just cut this up and, like, like saying she lived her life black in America, and there's me cackling. Like, that's not appropriate. <laughs> Uh, and then there were grits that we forgot about, but then you did use that same lobster bisque to top the grits, and I don't know if that was what anybody hoped would happen to those two things, but it was, man, that was really good. I, I can do that lobster bisque just on anything was great. Yeah, I just tell people like it's a sauce, it's yeah. a salad dressing, it's, it's a floor cleaner, it's whatever you need. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing, uh, and that concludes that. I did also make a cocktail. We have two. I had two cocktails. The first one, which I'm, I'm now we're both doing this. We're both just looking at our phone. Reading things is called things we got from the internet. Um, but we were talking about using 
they're doing things of like uh, famous chefs for the meal. So I did. So you stole one from Jake. I stole one from Jake <laughs> as my second one. The first one is called the Hanky Panky, which is uh, it's made by this woman who was one of, uh, Ada Coleman, who was one of the first uh, women in to make these different cocktails, and she actually uh, trained the guy that wrote uh, Charles Hawtrey, who wrote a uh, the Harry Craddock book. I think I'm reading all this off the internet. Anyway, it was, I don't know. Look, people are going to read this and they're going to tweet about it. Like, listen, this is what you fucked up. Yeah. I, it's, what it's Harry Connick Jr. do? Listen, it's a, it's a cocktail version of what do you think you just ate? What do you think you just drank? I don't know. But it was, it was the same parts of gin, um, gin, sweet vermouth, and gin, sweet vermouth. And then a, just a little bit of a very small amount of the fernet, which we've had for a while. We've talked about multiple times. And then that uh, shaken and then thrown in there. And then we just did a little bit of twist and orange. But then also, just to kind of talk about the um, the Burn the Well podcast that you also did. It's Jake's new podcast that is also part of the Heart of Brunch family. I did the cocktail that he did out of episode two, which is a one-to-one-to-one of Campari, bourbon, and Campari, bourbon, and then, and then uh, the sweet vermouth. And then bitters on top of that. Top with that Italian soda that we cannot get over. Um, it was pretty good. But yeah, that, that was a drink that he made at the um, Burn the Well. I really enjoyed the Hinky Pinky. I had two of them. I liked them. Yeah. I, was, I, was, I accidentally had two of them. Because <laughs> you said, can you make the Hinky Pinky? And I said, sure. And you said, I already had this one. Can I have the other one? Like that. That's why I asked. I was confused. <laughs> it's funny that we don't, we don't know what we're doing. That's the theme of this show. What did you think you made? We don't know what we're doing. Oh, Andrew, welcome to the program. Thank you. <laughs> thank, you thank you for dealing with all that nonsense. <laughs> That was a long segment. That was it was. Long. We went yeah. long. Well, there was a lot of... There was a lot of food. There was a lot of, wander, a lot of different directions. I appreciate all of it. Waffle kale shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the end. That was just like the tagline. The... Okay. <laughs> yes, come in. Come in. Enter. Uh, no, but it was, all, it was all very, very good. It was all good. It, it was collards, right? Yes. Oh. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, collards are not kale. No. Okay. Is it the same collard or God, this is so white? College is uh, collard greens. Are they? That's what it is. It's always the same thing that is collard greens. Or can different things be collard greens? There's different greens. Yeah, yeah, yeah There's yeah, collard yeah. greens type of greens. Kale okay. is a type of greens. Iceberg okay. lettuce. Yeah. Okay. Wait. What? <laughs> gonna blow his mind wide no, open. No idea what we're doing. But uh, but yeah. So I, I like I like all that southern stuff. So that was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I don't want to get. I'm gonna to try to start off with something light, but I do. I do kind of what I do. What I kind of like. A lot of people died the f- making of the food we just ate. I don't know if you. That was a light start, and this is how this person died. You, what uh, the, the meals ended with what did she? What horrible thing happened to her, to her? Black in America. That's how we. That's how we started the segment. We like to get real light, Andrew, and then we get heavy. So, what about cancer? So, so you just moved back from Vegas. <laughs> Yes, uh, and I'm assuming because Vegas, tourist town, has been super financially impacted by COVID nineteen. Yeah, I mean, it, they definitely took it serious at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not been as I mean, obviously now all the casinos and everything are open. We don't have any sort of travel restrictions, so you know, there's tourists from who knows where coming to Vegas at the same time, bringing who knows what to the city. Yeah. It was like a very like, scary environment. Like yeah. I completely stayed away from the strip, like not going anywhere near there. Um, and it's kind of decided to move back and uh, beginning of July, I lost my job at Bouchon because of the, the whole COVID thing. 
Um, and it's it's just such a hospitality town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's I mean, eighty percent of the workforce there in the hospitality industry. Yeah. So a lot of people lost their jobs. So any any job that came open, you had 300, 400 people applying for that same job. Mm-hmm. And Vegas is very much a town of who you know. So um, it kind of like, even though I was thinking of moving back at some point, it mm-hmm. kind of drove me to that to try to find something out here. Yeah, and we're just now, we've we've been talking about it on this show for months. Uh, we almost like kind of took a break because it kind of became a bummer after a while because it was like most yeah. of the people that we know are right. in the service industry somehow or we... Our friends and family are, but uh, you know, I've been I've been kind of saying for months that like we haven't even hit the beginning of it getting really bad. And then this week with like Rook and Black Market yeah. shutting down, we're starting to. I, I feel like it's just the beginning of some of these dominoes are beginning to fall. Yeah, yeah. And then the other side of that, I'm really not trying to be a super doom slayer here, but <laughs> the reality of it is, it, yeah, it's, it's it's a shitty situation, honestly, and yeah, it's just yeah. like. Um, you know, in a month, it's going to get cold outside. We're going to lose all this outdoor right. dining. Like, so I think that a lot of people were kind of just like, we were so excited at the beginning of the summer. We were like, oh, fuck it. We can go outside. We can mm-hmm. dine outside. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we, we can be in the sun again and we can talk to each other. Yeah. But I think we're kind of butting up right against this kind of economic, you know, calamity. But you're starting a new restaurant. So how do you feel? Right. Uh, well, I'm not starting. Well, like, you're starting at a new restaurant. That would be a terrible yeah. idea right now. <laughs> you're opening a new restaurant. You've decided that this is the time. Yeah. It's like, well, strike while the, the please, is good. Please invest in me right now. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, yeah, it's totally, it's it's a scary time, especially because a lot of places have like moved to outdoor dining for mm-hmm. a majority in, in yeah. winter. You can't, you just can't do that here and it, unless you like set up some sort of tent with heating. And then you're inside. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so I did get hired on as the uh, executive chef of Cobblestone in Zionsville. Uh, super excited. It's a restaurant's been around for 20 years now. Um, and so they're just kind of looking for like a fresh new take. Um, it's going to take about three months to really understand the staff, the clientele. Because I've never really worked up north. I've always been, mm-hmm. when I've been in India, I've been in the downtown area, the Fountain Square area. And it's a little, little looser, a little younger clientele. So yeah. to get to kind of know what's going on up in Zionsville. I'm pretty excited for because uh, people are do like to spend money up there. There's, yeah. there's yeah. a lot of money in the north. And, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's kind of exciting to be able to do some some fun dishes uh, there. Uh, but yeah, it's like three months to really understand what they're doing there. And then I'll start plugging in my own dishes and everything on the menu. So Is, is that what you're doing then? You're going to probably work on a, like a new menu for them? Is that? Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, awesome. they, they definitely have stuff that, I mean, they've been there 20 years. They have things that people Staples. really like. Right, right, so, right. I mean, those will definitely stay on. Um, but I really w- like to bring my own, I mean, I'm not a, I, I don't want to be a kitchen manager. I'm, I'm a chef. Like, sure. I like to create, I like yeah, to be yeah. able to like yeah. have my stamp on something. So that's awesome. He's that's giving exciting. us the time. He's not throwing up gang signs. <laughs> you know, we don't, you know what though? It's, I always explain how the mics work and then like an a- asshole. I never say also Zach is going to wave at you and he's not just saying hi and forgot that you've been here the whole time. <laughs> He's telling you that there's five more minutes. That's on me, Zach. I mean, he just That's gave me you. one of the pink and two of the steak. <laughs> <laughs> it is a weird thing to do to cut off your story. Like, well, all right, man, I just I guess I'm done talking. <laughs> Sorry. I thought I was a guest on a show, but. All right, Dane. <laughs> Super figure. All right. We're going to take a quick, uh, a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. And yeah, then I'll get really sad. <laughs> <laughs> on the way in? You want to do a song on the way in? 
nobody gave me a song. We we're, just, we're already in. We're already in. We're here. We're doing it. I just, I even sat down. I didn't have my headphones on yet. We just go back in there. Well, what song did you want? I'll cue it up for next time. <laughs> anyway. Hey, do you guys think when uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, <laughs> left his <laughs> Mexican kid, he said, uh, <laughs> no. Hasta la vista, baby. No! Wow, I don't know that any of that was okay. I can't sign on for any of that. We, anyway, welcome back to Hard Brunch. Welcome back. Are you just going to... That's your. That was your lead in? That's what you're gonna I, I wanted to say it for the last hour. Uh, it was just, Why would you have it at all? Like That's what you thought about that at the beginning? Like, hey, I know we got a lot to talk about, but I really want to make sure I want to get in that Arnold Schwarzenegger affair that, by the way, is like 20 years old at this point. Topical. <laughs> uh, Kids in, I think that kid is a professor in college. I you mean, know, in college. I was just like, how can I make a terrible There's joke? There's no way that? a kid of Arnold Schwarzenegger is, is a professor. <laughs> he's, no, a, he's a he, professor at, uh, he's a maid. Community well, was, college, maybe. It was a twin situation. Everybody else was the Danny DeVito, but that was the Arnold Schwarzenegger. He came from a long line of maids. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like anything he's doing right now. I'm not, gonna, I'm not signing on to that. His mom was a maid. His mom was a maid. You don't know anything. First of all, we're never going to downplay maids. We, I'm sure there's a lot of very nice people, very smart people that are maids. It's a great profession. Nothing wrong with it. There's good maids on both sides. Yeah, there's good maids. <laughs> Who's a long line of maids? I, like, I was a maid. My father, it's not an Alfred situation. Well, usually it was maid, what, maid, butler, maid, butler. I don't know how it works. <laughs> so anyway, Andrew, you had something that you wanted to talk about. Yeah, so... Um... Feline AIDS. <laughs> okay, well, listen. I, I... Do you think he ever saw the maid, like, taking a break? And he's like... If you have time to lean, you have time to stone. Because <laughs> you can't tell her to clean, because that's her, her job. Yeah, that's so. it. That's it. He's like, listen, I saw you cleaning that table over there. <laughs> Clean this table. Uh, yeah, so apparently, I just said, Andrew, give a heads up. Uh, the second half, we really get real loosey-goosey, because we've had quite a bit of booze. <laughs> Our faces are hot, and we don't know what we're talking about. So. My face is not hot. I don't... Uh, so... To go back to like the depressing stuff, um, <laughs> yes, one of my one of my favorite chefs in the city, Greg Hardesty, a really incredible chef. He had a recess in Room Four. Recess was like one of the only restaurants to ever do like a tasting menu in the city. Yeah. Uh, after he closed that down, he opened up a little like private kind of dining room called Studio C. Incredible chef. He's brought up most of the chefs in the city. Uh, yeah. Abby at um, Abby at Bluebeard, uh, John Brooks mm-hmm. from Milk Tooth and Beholder, like. A lot of pedigree underneath his name. Um, just a little while ago, he was found out to have um, cancer. Okay. Uh, really bad, really bad cancer. So um, he's had to kind of step away from Studio C. Somebody's took an, uh, taken over for him. Um, but uh, Molly from Gusta Market, a uh, really good friend with him, they decided to do a little um, silent auction for him okay. to raise some money. Uh, so the site uh, to go for that is, let me pull it up. Um, ghf.betterworld.org slash auctions slash auctions for auction for Greg. Okay. Um, but there's a lot of really great chefs in the city like participating. Some that are aren't even like cooking right now. So uh, Regina from uh, our bistros doing uh, has a private dinner you can bid on. Oh, wow. um, Neil Brown, uh, David Talent from a restaurant Talent in oh, Bloomington. Wow. Yeah, uh, his is like killing it. It's like a fried chicken dinner. It's already up to two thousand dollars. It's crazy. Wow, so cool. Um, John Adams, who used to be at Bluebeard, also mm-hmm. Maro, him and his uh, uh, lady, who was a pastry chef at Maro, Myra. They're going to do a little private dinner, um, and their investor, which is a really good friend of mine, Brian Epstein, is providing the wine for it. Should be awesome. Uh, Goose the Market obviously is participating. You can find wine bottles. 
just pop in has a little like gift certificate thing. There's a lot of options available and they're awesome. putting up stuff all the time. Yeah. Um, I also have a in-person uh, in-home uh, private dining experience for four people. So uh, yeah, you can just go in there, uh, bid on those. This is amazing. Yeah, yeah it's so it really great. Does. I mean, there's a lot of, this is the time too to do that kind of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So there's a lot of people like doing some really cool things and you can have some really cool, like in-person dining experiences with chefs or, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to go, there's a golfing one, there's wow. really great wine bottles available. Um, so it's, it's, yeah, it's really cool. It's, it's a really great cause for a uh, chef that means a lot to the city, to city. chefs yeah. in the city and, and right. diners as well. So. Right. Well, especially because he, he's obviously, it's all those people that you were talking about have just contributed so much to the whole landscape of the Indianapolis food scene. That's, that's huge. Yeah. That's I mean, it's, it's why I love this. I, it's not a shocker to me that I moved back because I really do love the city. Anytime I would take a vacation, I was always back here. For yeah. some, like I wouldn't go anywhere else. I would come here. Um, so it's it's such a great city, a great uh, community, especially in the in the industry. Like right. we all have each other's back, and you know if something important comes up, we'll always like band together to do it. That's right. Yeah. And I I remember like back in the day when uh, Pence was like had so much hate for the rift things and like. Yeah. I remember all of us coming together and John Brooks like setting up the big gay day where we all like had a big like food fest at Milk Tooth. And mm-hmm. It was just like so cool to see that community come together. Right. And like we've always been really good about that in this city. Like, yeah, who's your hospitality yeah. is like a real thing. No, I think that's right. I mean, we've talked about that multiple times is that I think, you know, I've from Chicago too. prior to this, you know, I was in the industry, but it and for you know, four, maybe four or five years before I came to Indianapolis. It just wasn't the same thing. Like, I mean, we all, you know, we had tables, we had people we hung out with, but it wasn't this super tight community that uh, the industry is in Indianapolis where we all, you know, kind of know each other. We travel in those circles and having each other's backs is just an understatement. I mean, it's, it's all about helping, helping other people that within that community and then like, you know, pulling them up and bringing them up. And I I think that that's, that's what I really like about it. Yeah. City as a whole. Indianapolis is such a big little town. Yeah. It's a big town, but we're small. Like we feel small. And it's, it's the thing is like, there was really like, like it, the kitchen life is very incestual here. Like people are bouncing around from like kitchens, like all over the place. And so you can see somebody at one place, one point, and then like down the road, they're at another place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, But you almost always like end up working with them, which is really cool. And yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, no, that's a great cause. That's great. Um, one of the things that I've really uh, appreciated this summer is seeing all these adaptations of restaurants. And, uh, like, obviously, like, I let in hard with the seriousness of it. But then yeah. I guess the flip side of that coin would be, like, walking past Bluebeard and they're just, like, grilling food mm-hmm. out on the patio. Yeah. And, like, seeing all the outdoor dining things and seeing how people have switched like uh amelia's kind of like switched uh, how they do everything yeah. like it, it's, so that was very interesting to I mean, yeah they became a grocery store essentially yeah. like yeah I mean, they became a gra- grocery so store cool. and, like, i mean like people like turchetti's that like really focused on like still being able to provide like to go stuff for people and mm-hmm. i mean th- i think to go was such a incredible like thing to happen for these like places that would never do that like you yeah. never get to go at bluebeard like it wouldn't happen but yeah to be able to like transform, essentially on the fly, transform your business model is so cool. Some yeah. of them literally overnight. Like I know yeah. Roosters had to apply for all kinds of different stuff to I be mean, a different. I mean, in Chicago, store, like yeah. uh, Linea, who I work for, which is a three Michelin star, like the only three Michelin star restaurant in Chicago, like the pretty much the top honor you can get um, for food. Uh, 
multiple James Beard award winning, like mm. it, incredible group. But like even for this, like what normally costs somebody two hundred fifty plus a person to eat, they're doing takeout. It's yeah. So it, to transform into that is so neat. Yeah. Is it true? Have you? I've heard that like sometimes for a Michelin star, they'll do things like leave like a square of toilet paper on the back of a toilet, like at the beginning of a meal and then go out and eat. This is a weird transition for like an hour and a half. <laughs> this is a weird way to go. And then if they go back and the toilet paper is still on the toilet, like an hour and a half, two hours later, like they ding you points off. Yeah, no, I mean, it, like I mean, it, it, it's crazy, but it's, I mean, they're why like Just Michelin that- Michelin. It's, I mean, it's a three star rating and you like, you have to meet certain requirements for each one. And, they're very picky about it. Like mm-hmm. it's, I mean, Michelin's super political. Like it is. Yeah, yeah. There's like politics behind it and everything, but um, these are things they pay attention to. Like, yeah. I mean, it's it was crazy because I, after I worked at Alinea, I worked for their sister restaurant next, and it was a place that changed their menu three times a year. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like just changing a menu. It was like it essentially was like reopening a new restaurant every time. So all the oh, plateware wow. came out, all new plateware wow. came in. Uh, we had to have stories wow. for each course because they'd be, I mean, they'd be anywhere from like seven to 15, 16 courses. Um, so like, like some examples, we did a French laundry menu. It was mm-hmm. like a tribute to like the time when Chef Ackett's of Alenia worked at, um, at the French laundry. Okay. Uh, we did a world's 50 best restaurant menu where like these 50 best restaurants from the world, like sent us a dish to recreate in the restaurant. So it was always wow. like evolving. And that being the case, do you think they ever did a tuna croissant? <laughs> no, I never saw that. It's a shame. Tuna egg croissant. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I can't put that egg on there. <laughs> but yeah, they uh, that restaurant, even though it was amazing, like like the best service you could get, mm-hmm. they can never be qualified for a Michelin star because of the fact that you know at one point they'd be doing these really elegant dinners, but the next time they might do one that's based after Chinese takeout. Like, yeah. It's but they finally this past year got the one Michelin star, which is really great for them. I'm happy that that happened. But um, yeah, I mean, they'll there's judges out there that really try to like trip up and like really. Yeah, I to, honestly like, didn't know. This is probably my own ignorance, but I did not know that on the Michelin star, the Michelin star situation, it wasn't just about the food and the plating. It was about what your toilet paper situation was on the back of the toilet. Yeah, I mean, I service is a huge part of it too. Okay. Like, um, it, I mean, it, it like it, it seems ridiculous, but it's just like, yeah, how pristine is the bathroom? Yeah, how, yeah. how much? Have you met Thomas Keller? I have, I have. I got a oh, fist bump. You got a fist bump, yeah, Thomas Keller? Bump. Yeah, and but a very short conversation. Like, how are you doing? I'm good, Chef. <laughs> cool fist bump. That was all it was. Do we want to talk about who Thomas Keller is? Because uh, Zach doesn't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> Go, I'll let you. You, uh, you yeah. fist bump the man. Uh, He's your I best mean, friend. Thomas, yeah. <laughs> BFs. Uh, yeah, Thomas is... Um, Thomas. <laughs> Call Tommy. Tommy. Old T-Dog. Old T-Dog. T-Dog used to come over and eat chicken. Tommy, Tom, Tom. Chef Keller. TK. He, yeah, TK, yes. I mean, he's considered probably one of the best, like, American chefs. Yeah. Started the French Laundry uh, in Yachtville and has just increasingly like added to the culinary scene out in that area where Yachtville is now literally known as like Kellerville because oh, he wow. has like seven some restaurants like in that area. Uh, he's 
a extremely respected chef. He's always he's like the head consultant for the Bocuse d'Or, which is like the huge food competition in France. Um, just yeah, just super respected. Um, and he's has the Bouchon in Vegas, getting ready to open up another another place in the Wynn. Has something in Florida, some stuff in New York. So he's wow. he's all over the place, but. Um, just very well. He, he's kind of the same thing as like Greg Hardesty was talking about. Earlier. Mm-hmm. There's like a ton of pedigree that yeah. came from working underneath him. Right. He's always super humble. He's a very humble chef. Like he, that's one of, like Chef Atkins at Alinea. That's one of his favorite stories. When he first met uh, Chef Keller, was he walked into the doors of French Laundry to to start working there, and there was just this kind of like older gentleman like sweeping the sweeping the floor in the kitchen. And he came up, Chef Hackett's came up to him and was like, hey, I'm just looking for Chef Keller. I'm supposed to be starting today. And he's like, hey, how are you doing? Like, I'm Chef Keller. Like, he's like still awesome. does the dirty work. So he's incredible, like very smart, very influential chef in the, in the world. So wow. always what my first cookbook out of culinary school I bought for myself was the French Laundry Cookbook, which is his first restaurant. Um, and I always like wanted to work for him. And even though I was in the front of house, he wasn't really in Vegas all the time. Like I did get to see him a couple times a year, and was like a little bit of like a yeah, like starstruck, like yeah, a starstruck yeah, moment yeah, when he yeah, like fist yeah. bumped me. I'm like, oh hey, <laughs> <laughs> that's like like you said you worked there. Like my first thought was like, oh yeah, like you guys are just like cranking hanging out, out food together, hanging out. And then I was like, <laughs> he's probably maybe I bet he's never even met him. But yeah, I bet like, he's not in the yeah, back. Like two three times a year he was there. So that's pretty cool. Do you remember hearing about the the wine heist at uh at uh French Laundry? Mm-mm. Like somebody, I think it might have been an inside job or whatever, but um, <laughs> Ooh, conspiracies. Oh, man, I somebody stole like a bunch of. I never know where he's going to. A go. bunch of very expensive wine. Uh, sure. I don't know if we had a producer could bring up Look that story. That'd be, oh that'd, yeah, that'd look be at great. you just like shaking your head like <laughs> nothing I can do here. You ever heard about this thing I'm about to say? And Zach's just like not in front of a computer. Like, let us. Don't worry about it, Zach. We'll take care of it. Keep keep producing and telling us when we got ten minutes. We did put a, we used to have a big screen TV in here, so like I could bring that up yeah. and then like we'd look and we'd be like, Why do we oh, not look. have the TV in here anymore? Because now we have another it's TV. It's too much technology. Zach can't it's too handle much. it. Zach can't it's handle too much. It. What's funny is you you know it's too much technology because he's got a computer, he's using his phone. <laughs> that's what he's doing. Too much. The computer, like, the com- my, that's my computer and it can only do what it's doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, we did have a whole conversation with BJ who's helping us out about like, listen, it's doing this, but it's working real hard. Like it's <laughs> Apparently, it just had a uh, tuna fish egg croissant, and it's just exhausted. I spilled a cocktail on it once, and she ain't never been right Yeah, since. that's what I said. We were talking about, like, we'll take it in. We'll just maybe get it fixed somewhere, um, if Best Buy still exists. And, you know, I, I just know that we take it. I, I don't want to be the one that takes it in, because I know they're going to take it off, and it's going to be just a, a thin crust of Coca-Cola on every uh, chip. Okay, I have wine heist pulled up. What do you want to know? Just give, okay. just give us the, the just give you the lowdown. That's the deets. Yeah, I don't. We don't need the definition of like a Wiki, Wikipedia of wine heist. What is like, a heist? What is a heist? <laughs> so there were two people convicted. Uh, they stole five hundred and fifty thousand dollars, which is over half a million dollars. Is it two thousand fourteen? What would you explain the for man? the for the preschoolers listening? <laughs> Hey, that is. I don't know if you realize, half but of a million. fifty over five hundred thousand is fifty over half a million. Go ahead. I just want to make it easier for the yeah, listeners. Right. Anyway, twelve people's a baker's dozen. I, I, what? Actually, thirteen. Is thirteen a baker's dozen? What is a yeah, baker's it, dozen? Thirteen. Thirteen's a baker's dozen. Yeah, I ruined that joke. Real good job. I ruined that joke of my own did ignorance. Five, <laughs> did five people pull this off, which is half of ten? <laughs> Please continue. 
No, that, that's pretty much it. That's it? Just people stole a bunch of wine? Yes, one of them. You would have been, we needed a no preparation for this. Honestly, I could have made up something. It would have been better than that. They stole like, you know. Yeah, a lot of wine. Over <laughs> half a million. Over half a million Just dollars. A, or 500,000. Or 500,000. But I thought it was going to be like, how did they do it? They, we don't know how they did it. Like, I'm how, sure how there's a lot of that in there. I'm no, not, we're, I, we're not gonna, I didn't get any gonna, time to prep this story. I'm not going to bring it up. But we were going to talk about stuff. And then while we're talking, like, all right, anyway, I've looked up all the details, and now I'm just going to, like, rattle off every amazing thing about this amazing it's, wine heist. It's fine. I got it. So, Andrew, next okay. time you're fist bumping with TK, just be like, hey, what about that wine heist? Yeah, there you <laughs> go. That's Heard it. they hit you up for almost uh, the over half a million dollars. <laughs> also, I don't know if you know this, but 500000 is half a million, so you can take that little math tidbit with you. Little trick on math that I learned. God damn it. <laughs> he never fails. All right. What is your what is your favorite style of uh, food to cook? Uh, I mean, I, I love doing anything, really. Like, I, I, just, I just love food. It's a weird question. Yeah, People I mean, ask me that, I, I'm like, I, I, I don't it's know. It's the one question you get, like, yeah. oh, what do, you, what do you like to cook? What's your favorite thing to cook? Like, <laughs> I, I get just, it. I go egg. I'm going to leave now. <laughs> egg. <laughs> egg. No, I, 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 really, I like to hard boil an egg. <laughs> I really love um, cooking uh, or making fresh pasta. Mm-hmm. I think oh, there's yeah, something yeah. really fun with that. I love cooking seafood because it's a very technical thing to cook. It's very hard to mess up um, unless you're just giving like half a lobster to people. Uh, just pretty- a single lobster. <laughs> Not even half a lobster. Don't give them that much credit. It's like if you take a bite of lobster and then spit it in a soup, that's your single, lob- that's your single lobster bisque. Thanks, famous just a bite of lobster bisque. <laughs> A good piece, but just that one bite. <laughs> I've always kind of like tried to be like somebody that doesn't like cook the same thing twice. Mm. I was like trying to think yeah. of new things. Um, but yeah, pasta is always fun. And are you are you making? It's, it's always like the bartender question, but for a chef, it's probably the same thing. Are you making dishes like that for yourself at home? Uh, I mean, I do a little. I do a little lighter uh, cooking at home. Um, I mean. But I still, for some reason, even if it's just myself, I like to make it look nice. So, yeah. like, I made a sweet potato hash today from stuff I got at the farmer's market. Oh, wow. And it was, like, only, like, half the plate. <laughs> like, the two <laughs> eggs on top were cut perfectly, and I had a little <laughs> micro radish on top. Like, it looked super bougie, but it's like, yeah. I mean, oh, I you made, made that, that thing you had earlier on yeah. Instagram? Yeah. Well, I thought you went out. That's why no, I was like. No, no. He's going out to eat no. before it comes to this podcast? <laughs> oh, my God. That's the cardinal sin of this <laughs> podcast. We have had a couple people... Come in and have already eaten, and every I think every time that they've already eaten, they're also already here when I arrive. So how it already drunk sometimes. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) But so how it always goes is like I'll come in, start making the drink, and he's like, "Those sons of bitches already ate. They already ate." He's he's done before we even get out of the gate. Like he's, I don't even want to make any of this shit. Oh, right when I posted it, I was like, "I'm gonna hear, I'm gonna hear from Dyke. I know I'm gonna hear." And then like five minutes later, he's like, "You eating?" Did you really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't, but I didn't even read the caption. I was like, you son of a bitch went out to a fancy restaurant? Are you fucking serious? It makes me so mad. He's so mad. It's a, fortunately, I'm like a very good eater. Like, I can eat a ton of food yeah, without yeah. like feeling bad about myself. I was like when adults uh, refer to themselves as good eaters. <laughs> like a child. Yeah. Like, you're a tight, you're, you're, they seem like you're in great shape. I get I'm a good. Listen, the two of us, me looking at Dyke, we're, well, Zach too, we're good eaters. <laughs> We're good eaters. We're so good that our pants are working against us. You, sir, are eating very well. I like, I like to get my num nums in. Uh, well, we've like we're like a 
a podcast for preschoolers right now. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> math lessons <laughs> right now, every day. That's, that's yeah. When do we go over the alphabet? Yeah. The difference is this time we actually got the math right. There's a lot of times where we're screwing that math up. But yeah, I, 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 I mean, I do like I do a little like lighter cooking at home just because i don't have the equipment like i would have in a restaurant yeah, yeah. but so. then still the answer is yes i mean i think yeah. when i like i'm doing cocktails and back when i was like back in the day you know you're doing mixology and doing all this stuff and you're using super vermouth and you're measuring things out where it gets to like from home i'll put some ice under somewhere on something i'll put some gin and then under whatever somewhere? under whatever whatever <laughs> i'll put it i'll put it wherever the ice is coming out of wherever it comes out i'm under there uh, I'll get some ice and then I'll just throw some gin and then put some soda on top of it. I'm not mixing things. And then Dyke, I mean, he, you know, he also, as he will tell you, was also a professional bartender. Uh, but I literally no- still am. That's my job. <laughs> I know. Like, that's currently. He won't stop telling you about it. But if you ever see him make a drink. Because <laughs> you, you keep would- saying I used to be. Yeah, I know. Because every time I'm over here, I'll make a cocktail. And then when you're halfway through, you start pouring hams on top of it. <laughs> I mean, I- <laughs> I didn't say I wasn't a garbage human being, but I am a professional bartender. But yeah, but when you say when you say go a little bit lighter, but you made the hash that I've also seen a picture of, just kind of researching on the gas, like that's beautiful. Like okay, so you're just you're a chef everywhere you go, like, right? That's, yeah, that's, that's, it's yeah. I don't. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I'll eat a I'll make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It looks like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but I I do like when I take some time to like really like, yeah, yeah. cook something and put the effort in it. I like to make it look nice before I. Consume it. I you, don't, we, you don't just like you know, drop a fistful of slop on a table. <laughs> no, that was you know what's funny. I, am not, I have not learned plopping yet. So <laughs> what's funny is I felt like he was you know whenever a guest is coming on, especially someone with your pedigree, we always get Zach and I uh, always get a little bit of like a prep, like hey he's he's for real. So you guys got to be on your best behavior. And hey Chris King, you better make a decent cocktail. Then he can come out with a fistful of slaw, and somehow that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> That we refer to as plop service. Check the Instagram. Those photos are going to be sexy. <laughs> Everything's tight. As far as anyone knows, that's what everyone ate. You were wearing gloves. I, I mean, mean, it's not like you came I with your bare fist. I got a picture of it before the plop. Yep. So, yeah. yeah. Well, what's funny is, you know what's funny is that uh, the radish cold uh, coleslaw cabbage, which was celery in it. I forget what it was. But it sat up there for a little bit, and we ate for a little bit. And you came in with a handful, a surprise handful, like 20 minutes later. Like, like, oh, I forgot this handful. That it, were you walking around with that in your hand? I'm going to say he needed the bowl. <laughs> I just, I really wish when you came out, you would just gone, bam. Yeah, it's, it, it did. The, only, the first piece I had of it was the ple- a piece that plopped off the plate and hit my plate. <laughs> So I didn't even serve myself. I wasn't, it was I wasn't even quite sure what a serving size of that salad was supposed to be. <laughs> if you're wondering, it's a fistful. <laughs> so, so like I plated it up and then I like brought that to you. And then I was like, there was only like a little bit left over. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to like give like these like little shooters to everyone else and be like, try the radish slaw. So, see, now I'm doing it. <laughs> So I thought you guys. I thought it was like family. I mean, it, it all it turns is. to family it style. Is. So then I was just like, I'll just throw this one, the rest of it, <laughs> with your hands, literally. You couldn't have even. I know you have other bowls. You could have put it in. What were you thinking? Like, I don't want to dirty a dish. This is easy. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Good. I honestly thought you were walking around. and forgot what was in your hand. I kind of was thought you guys were in conversation, and I could slip in like there's invisible and just kind of slipping in with those paws. <laughs> <laughs> I was like. Big dilute meat hooks. <laughs> Throw some salad like the worst, the worst X Man ever. <laughs> I gotta tell you that I, I, I get pretty deep in conversations. There's never a time I'm gonna be so deep. I'm not gonna call out somebody f- throwing food at me with their bare hands. 
I mean, you're wearing gloves. I like, I mean, I do love my salads, hand <laughs> massage. Yeah, it was nice. I think that you could do a whole theme restaurant like that. Like everything is really, you know, high quality food, but everything is literally handed to you. TGI fisties. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we found the name of the episode. <laughs> um, it was good though. Yeah. Like if you could, if you, I, okay. So I have a question that I'm going to eventually get to here. Yeah. Uh, it's a two part question. Question number one, if you could open up any restaurant, it's not COVID end of the world, nightmare world. It's, it's, it's like uh, two years ago. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just pretend Obama's still president if you want to. <laughs> let's, let's see, yeah, that's, that's any, any premise. Like, listen, if you're going to have a, a magical premise, listen, Obama's still in office. You get off your unicorn, get to work. <laughs> what kind of, what kind of, and I don't even know if it's a restaurant, like what kind of food operation are you running? Because I know you've, Tossed around concepts before. Yeah, yeah. Where are you at right now? I mean, I'm always, I'm always, uh, yeah, I'm always thinking. I'm always like trying to create menus and and think of what I would want to do. Uh, I mean, ideally, like in the most perfect world, if we we're in like the most perfect city where people were, we were getting a lot of tourists, we were getting a lot of uh, people who like to go out and eat multiple times. I mean, I would definitely love. I've always had a passion for like the tasting menu and like doing like extremely seasonal like you know, maybe have a dish for a week because mm-hmm. it's just every, the parts of it aren't available all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've always like, I mean, one of my first like kind of like concepts I had in my head was a place called table where it's very like industrial building. And just like in the very middle of it was a 16 some person community table and people came in, sat around it, open kitchen right beside it and just creating like just making dishes like mm-hmm. for people and doing like 16, 17 course tasting menu um it's just where it, it sort of works here it's just very hard to like just be tasting menu yeah so anything i ever do like I, i'll have that option but you also have to really have, have all the cart available yeah. too yeah. um which is a bummer um but it, it it you can definitely do it it's yeah completely feasible uh right now i mean the kind of thing i'm like kind of tossing around in my head is is a uh, kind of like a coastal, like Italian restaurant, like okay. very like seafood, very fresh, uh, crudos and using like langoustine and stuff like that. Yeah. Very house made pastas, yeah. which yeah. you don't see a ton of. No, um, I no, mean, not really in don't. Indianapolis, right? I mean, yeah. there's uh, Chef Chef Sternberg used to be at Cerulean yeah. and was at Yukio as well. Um, very, I mean, he's he's doing some really incredible stuff right now uh, with pasta. Mm-hmm. But I, I just I don't like I also had like an idea a long time ago of like doing like a fresh pasta company where like could just go to the farmers market or whatever and like sell fresh pasta. So I've always like had a real big passion for that. Um, so yeah, doing something like that, like it coastal Italian, a- very focused on seafood because there's not a lot of like seafood available here. Yeah, and it's it's such a like people are like oh seafood in Indiana like they're what getting stuff from like Michigan. It's like not a thing anymore. Like yeah. you can get. Fresh fish from Europe, like mm-hmm. overnight, yeah. like yeah. it's crazy, yeah. like how available it is now. We're a yeah. different world, uh, so that's. I mean, ideally, that's kind of where I'm at right now. But we're, you know, we're three, you're three, four years away from being able to open up something new. Yeah. Like you're, sure. it's just not the climate to do it. So, no. so this is kind of this is kind of unrelated, but this is a thing that's been uh, 
brought up. <laughs> Good thing. I'm glad you brought that up. We're going to talk about something different. <laughs> Go ahead. I like everything. You, I like everything we said. Like, yeah, that's great. I'm not going to lead off that at all. Anyway, uh, uh, so, is well, this a second part of the two part question? <laughs> it is because that was only one part. Yeah, okay. you did. Uh, yeah, that's what I was going to get. to. I have a two part like, question that has nothing to do with each other. <laughs> it's just, it's that's why two, we have the math brush ups. <laughs> I think that's just called questions. <laughs> well. <laughs> It, it does and it doesn't. But, like, really the reason is because it was it was dependent on what you said is your answer. Okay. So. Um, Choose your own adventure. What, one, of the, one of the things that's happening recently that I'm hearing about and I find uh, very frustrating for me is that there is this narrative kind of popping up that, like, people should only be cooking food based on their ethnicity. No. And, like, so... And which I think is ridiculous. And I think most people that have gone to culinary school, we like we realize like if you know the the history of food, like history of food's real fucking bloody. Yeah. You yeah. know? And yeah. it's just like but like even foods that you think of as like, oh, this is traditional Mexican. Well, traditional Mexican is because of uh, you know, foods from uh, Spain coming over. And, right. Right. And make, I don't know. So I feel like it's a bunch of people that don't know food history. But I also think it's crazy to be like, oh, like, well, you're a white person, so you can't cook like Asian food. Right, right. Yeah, Consider, they're considering it. I, I haven't heard that. That's extremely. Yeah. It kind of got brought up a few years ago and quickly got snuffed out, but it, it seems to be popping its head back. Yeah, up. I mean, it's. I mean, in what's with? I mean, obviously, what's going on with like uh, BLM and everything? Like, it's. It, I have seen it too. Like, people are like, "Well, you're white. Like, why are you like? Why are you cooking like an like an Asian cuisine? Or why mm-hmm. are you cook, like?" Mexican cuisine, but that I mean, that's not about that. Like, if a sh- if you're a chef, like, you are operating in a whole world of things, right. and if you can't, if you can't like cook different cuisines or learn from different cuisines, you can never like grow. And honestly, what's right. what what does that mean to be a white chef? And <laughs> like, what am I like just gonna cook like? English like boiled food. Like, I mean, what does that mean? Man, concept called everything is gray. <laughs> so like, I love like cooking like other culture food and learning yeah. from it. Like, it's yeah. not like I'm just like appropriating it. It's I'm I'm learning about it. I'm learning what they right. do. Uh, I mean, one of my favorite things to make is is ramen. And, yeah. I mean, it, because yeah. not not for any other reason, but it's like so technical. Like, it's very like anytime I make a ramen broth, I cook it for 48 hours and mm-hmm. like. It, let it just sit on the stove, and that's so fun. Like to see the yeah. end results. So it, it's yeah. not about taking over culture; it's just about learning, learning expanding. from that culture, I mean, that's your knowledge. That's I mean, that's to me. I don't know, man. I, I this is the first I've heard of it, but I think that's almost along the lines of like, well, if you're white, you can't go to another country. I mean, you just that's about learning those things and exposing people, and not just appropriating it, but just like, hey, there's these other things, and then right. I think that's how you get interest exactly. in in different cultures and different you know different viewpoints that aren't your own. I mean, I don't know. That's a that's a that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I was solely like in Thunderbird. I was solely like we were doing Southern Comfort. Yeah. I'm not from the South. Right. Yeah. Like, right. But I learned it. I, I kind of taught myself it. Yeah. And, but I would also take those Southern concepts and apply it to other cultures. So like if I made a ramen, I'd make a chicken noodle soup ramen. Yeah. Like, yeah. I and mean, it's just about exactly. like adapting to what you do, but learning. Like I, do, I, I always go in and learn. I always try to know what I'm cooking. Instead of just like, oh, that sounds like a cool right. recipe. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I, I want to know the history of it. I think that's the important part of it too. Is you have to do that to yourself. It's not just like I'm just going to make chicken and waffles, but understand why those are those are there. Uh-huh. You're yeah, you're co- constantly learning. Uh, can we can we go long or we do? We oh, okay. <laughs> no, like, I was like, do we have to chop these? In the- I don't know. Oh, I guess we can because we're not if we're not doing it on. Yeah, we're not on anchor anymore. Yeah, but, oh, we're not. 
We are. At, I mean, we are. At, we love Anchor, of course. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ, sir! We're recording right now. We I love bet, you, Anchor. I bet we don't go directly to Anchor. We do it some for anyway. It doesn't matter. None of this matters. Chef, uh, thank you so much for being on here today. Where can where can people follow you on uh, social media? Um, so my Instagram is avw606. Easy to remember. Easy to remember. Um, that's. I mean, my Facebook is kind of like privatized, so I don't. Like yeah. really give that out, but um, yeah, definitely. Like I post all my that's open. I post all my like food pictures. If I'm doing a special, it's always on there. Um, and then you know, like I talked about earlier, the Greg Hardesty auction. Like make sure you check that out. Yeah, and then and we'll put the link to the Greg Hardesty option uh, auction on our podcast for sure. And then when do you start at Cobblestone? Have you started? Yet? Uh, I start Tuesday. Okay, it's Tuesday the first. So yeah, it'll be really interesting. Been yeah. a, been a minute since I've been in a professional kitchen, so it's. A little nerve wracking. I'm excited to get back into it. Yeah. We'll all come up there and heckle you. Yeah, yes, that is what we, we will absolutely. Do. <laughs> When's the food coming out? Can you bring it out with your hands? <laughs> I'd pay for that experience now. <laughs> I can't believe I'm paying twenty five dollars for this. That's half of fifty. <laughs> oh, it was. We had a good time today. Was a good time. Oh, it was good. All right, we'll see you guys next week.